Merry Christmas and welcome to St. Paul's Bloor Street. My name is Ben and I'm glad that you've chosen to join this joyful morning, whether you're here in person or maybe you're watching on your couch in your matching pajamas. Merry Christmas. Where you're standing, let us pray together. Oh God, may your word be preached, may your word be heard, and may your incarnate word, Jesus Christ, your son, live with us today. Amen. Please be seated. Once again, Merry Christmas. So the first question I have to ask is, what did you get for Christmas? By now, most of you have already opened and received your gifts. Hopefully you tore them open. You did not need to be a bit too neat with the wrapping paper. And at Christmas, we are getting these gifts, but they're really for two main reasons. First, it's the birthday party for Jesus. There's family, there's friends that we gather together, and then there's food and gifts. And number two, we give gifts to one another because God has given us the most amazing gift. So if anyone accuses you of re-gifting, take that as a compliment. I really do hope that you receive something that you wanted or at least something you needed because those gifts only come in two categories, needs and wants. The gifts you want, a new watch, fresh kicks, a switch, a Le Crusette casserole dish in your favorite color, an espresso machine or maybe jewelry, perfume, I don't know about that one. And the gifts you need, maybe that's a vacuum, a warm toque, and my favorite, I talked about this last Christmas, warm wool socks. So if you didn't want it or you didn't need it, it better have a gift receipt or it'll be next year's Secret Santa gift for the next unsuspecting family member. You can't do this to a friend because otherwise you're gonna run out of friends soon. Whenever we receive gifts, we desperately hope that we will receive gifts that we want. But what about that first Christmas? Mary and Joseph, what did they want? What did they need? And every infant child, every fetus is dependent and fragile. And that includes Jesus in Mary's womb. Babies don't formulate wants and desires, but they definitely have needs. So what about that first Christmas and their wants and needs? Let's look a bit closer at what happened way back with Mary and Joseph in Bethlehem, that manger and that full inn. There's a the classic pregnancy pre-read, what to expect when you're expecting for first-time moms and dads. And Mary and Joseph have it the worst, the most inconvenient, the most unexpected pregnancy. And we already know that it was unexpected. We know that part already. Mary was a virgin, unmarried, and she received an angel's message saying she would receive a son. But a real angel, not this angel on a tree, this not a dressed up angel, that is definitely unexpected. And from our Christmas story that we just heard read by Marvin, according to the Gospel of Luke, Mary and Joseph encounter even more curveballs in that pregnancy. So it's easy to stereotype the Christmas story, to fantasize about it, or to shrink it down to a single story, easy to understand and digest. Maybe it's a simple image like the one that we have on the screen that we probably wrap our minds around. 
And if you've been in the church for any number of years or any number of times, you probably know the details of the Christmas story at least pretty clearly, if not by memory. Or if you're visiting here for the holidays with your family, you've already seen the bits and pieces as well. You see it on greeting cards, you see it in the nativity scenes in along Bloor Street. You're probably seeing it on the neighborhood streets, those little pop-ups on the lawn. So we have Mary on a donkey with Joseph. They're on this journey to Bethlehem, there's a shed, there's a barn, and there's no place for them in the inn, but some shelter or a stable to keep them dry and warm. Enough to keep whatever December snow off of them, and maybe keep them dry from the drizzly rain that we've been having. And don't forget the animals, all watching Jesus as he's born. And that final detail, Jesus in a manger. You can see ours, we got ours outside in the Glacetium. Jesus in a manger, a feeding trough to sleep because there is nowhere else to put him. So there's a lot of details that we use to simplify that first Christmas in our brains. And we shake our fists at that cruel innkeeper, no compassion for a pregnant mom. And we love the cute, cuddly animals, but mostly because those cute, cuddly animals become cute, cuddly tod toddlers for the pageant. And how could any parent use a feeding trough? How disgusting, totally unsanitary for a newborn with a developing immune system. None of that fits with what we think pre pregnant moms need, and it doesn't fit for sure with what we would want in the case. But it's not exactly what happened 2,000 years ago. So we have this Emperor Augustus, way up in Rome. He didn't care, he didn't know what people wanted, what the people needed, didn't matter to him. Because what he wanted, what he decreed, People obeyed. No one wants more taxes, government forms, or the numbered queue at Service Ontario. No one wants that, especially when you're pregnant. What a major inconvenience for Mary and Joseph. We can estimate that that 150 kilometers between Nazareth and Bethlehem would have taken most people, most people, four to five long days. And if you're pregnant, maybe a week. So yes, Mary, that's one, that one's correct. He's, she's probably on a donkey for our Christmas cards. She's eight months, nine months pregnant, so she's definitely not walking. They did not need this census, this registration. They did not need this journey. And because of the census, this registration process, Bethlehem was fuller than the Monaco is for the F1, fuller than Toronto will be next November, if you know what's coming. All the rooms were sold out, no vacancy. That is exactly not what they needed after this long journey. They didn't need any of it. Not this, not now. So many of us, if we were in that situation, we would have thrown our hands up in frustration. Mary and Joseph had been told they were receiving a gift of a child, but this was far from advertised. It's like assembly required, batteries not included, or nowadays an expensive annual subscription on top. It's not what we want. But many of these things that we see as inconveniences in the Christmas story, these inconveniences are actually unexpected provision. Detours and delays, annoyances and aggravations, 
sometimes there is hidden provision in them. Through these inconveniences, God is sometimes providing exactly what we need. Let me explain that a bit. The census, this registration, this visit to Bethlehem was actually a, a blessing in disguise for Mary and Joseph. As Jenny mentioned last night, the inn was probably not just an inn, because there are other translations, and a better way to understand it is that the full inn, not an inn, was more like a guest house, or better yet, the guest room of a house. Bethlehem was Joseph's ancestral home, so the visit was more like the home alone house, if you remember that one. If not, go watch it tonight. It's more like the home alone house than it is Motel 6 or a sold out Ramada. So when you visit Monaco, if you ever get the chance for the F1, or when Taylor Swift does come to town in November, people don't mind sleeping on a couch or on the floor when the hotels are sold out, when there's not a single Airbnb left. So it wouldn't been, have been as lavish and as fancy as Macaulay Culkin's fortress, but the house in Bethlehem was full of distant relatives, long lost uncles and aunts, all packed together under one roof. Every room was used, even the attic guest room. People staying in every nook and cranny of the house. So every room is squeezed in, the couches are full, the floor is packed. And to give just a little bit of privacy for these expectant parents, they might have stayed where the animals and the farm equipment were stored. But this isn't 21st century, a 21st century barn out in the Bruce County. This is first century Palestine. And even today in places like in South Sudan where I used to work, everyone and everything lived and slept in the same compound. The families lived over top of their animals, their prime asset. It was easier to care for and tend this flock, easier to get milk and eggs and all those things. So Bethlehem, an unwanted census and an unwanted journey become an unexpected provision, an unlikely blessing for Mary and Joseph as the time came for her to deliver her child. We probably know this in the next few days, or maybe you've already experienced this last night or over the weekend, that sometimes family members are annoyances. But for Mary and Joseph, family was exactly what they needed when Jesus was born. First-time parents. And as much as parents can research what to expect, you can get those YouTube hacks for labor and delivery. Mary and Joseph were surrounded by family. Relatives were who were on hand to assist someone to run and find a midwife or a doula, get hot water, get the blankets, get those bands of cloth. And I'm not saying that there was an audience of family all huddled around or an audience of the animals watching Mary give birth, but they definitely were not lonely and isolated. Another hidden provision in the Christmas story is the manger where Mary laid Jesus. It's another quaint detail that we attribute to sleeping in a stable or a barn. But it's most likely what we saw in World War II, with families crammed together for safety. Babies slept wherever they could fit. There weren't cribs, no pack and play. Use a dresser or use a manger, whatever is handy. 
And so with a house packed full of family and guests, a manger was probably the safest place to put Jesus. He was wrapped in bands of cloth, warm, and stowed away in a manger, secure. So the census, the full house, they looked like annoyances, but they were in fact the provision of need. And the manger too. Something gross and undesirable, but it actually points to what we need. So the manger wasn't a sign of scrambling to survive, scrambling to find a safe bed, but the manger was a way of providing for Jesus, providing the needs of a small infant. The manger became an unexpected sign also for another set of characters that we, we see, the shepherds. And when the angels told them to find a baby, there were probably a few babies in Bethlehem that night, still in swaddling clothes. But there was probably only one sleeping in a manger. All those annoyances and conveniences point us to God. They point to a God who provides for our needs. And so the manger has become this special kind of symbolism for us. Each day we need food to survive. And here we have Jesus the bread of life. And Jesus is born in Bethlehem, the city of bread. And the shepherds find him lying in a manger, in something used to feed. Each day we need food to survive and we pray to God for that in the Lord's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And we're not just praying for food to survive, but for our daily needs that we need. And so we celebrate a God who knows exactly what we need and gives us what we need. Those that know us best tend to give us the best gifts because they know us the best. And God knows us so deeply. As a baby, Jesus knows the smelly feeding trough of our lives. And this is the God that is celebrated here in this place on this Christmas holiday. But God isn't a genie in a bottle, a wish granter, because sometimes what we want can actually be harmful for ourselves. Or what we want is only second best to what we actually really do need. Perhaps for some of you here, you are searching for purpose. God gives us a mission to transform the world with compassion instead of consumption. Some of you are here in the pains of betrayal. God gives us forgiveness. Forgiveness for ourselves and forgiveness for our enemies. And in our quest to better ourselves, God gives us Jesus, the perfect way to live. In our lonely search for companionship, God gives us a church and a community for others to journey and seek along the way. In our search for peace, God gives us his presence to hold and to comfort us. So in the times of prayer that we will have through the service, perhaps in the Lord's Prayer, pray and ask God to give you what you truly need. Not the wish list. Not the hierarchy of wants. But what you truly need. And let's celebrate today because Mary and Joseph, they didn't get the perfect birth plan that they wanted. God gave them so much more. Let's celebrate today because God knows us deeper than our wants. 
God knows our deepest needs. And in Jesus, the greatest gift of all, God gives exactly what we need. Merry Christmas.